Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essay speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. We would also like to inform you of an upcoming Sexaholics Anonymous Internet Marathon. Around the World in 24 Hours will take place starting at noon Universal Time on November 29th and will end promptly at noon Universal Time on November the 30th. It's free to register online at www.sim.sexaholicsanonymous.eu. Thank you very much, and without further ado, welcome to The Daily Reprieve. My name's Thad. I am a sexaholic, and and uh, uh, my sobriety date is uh, December tenth, uh, two thousand five. Um, I came into SA in two thousand one, in October of two thousand one. So there's a little difference there. And uh, when they asked me to come and speak about progressive victory over lust, uh, you know, I, I mean, it was almost immediate for me. What popped into my head uh, was willingness, because. Obviously, for four years, I had very little uh, progressive victory over lust. Um, so, you know, really, for, for the purposes of progressive victory over lust, it starts when I got, came to this fellowship. And, you know, I think part of that, what happened during those first four years is, is kind of important um, to learn from. And, uh, um, you know, uh, when, when they, when I, came up with willingness, you know, for me, it's a key. And, you know, uh, I've, I work out of the big book mainly. Um, that's the book I was, uh, my, my sponsor worked out of and, um, you know, uh, did a little bit of the white book, but for the most part, the big book. But I've got a quote on the 12 and 12 that, um, that really, on page 35, and it says, um, we can further add the beginning, even the smallest is all that is... Okay, excuse me, hold on. To every worldly and practical-minded beginner, this step looks hard. They're talking about step three here, even impossible. No matter how much one wishes to try, exactly how he can turn his will in his own life over the care of whatever God he thinks there is, fortunately, we who have tried it with equal misgivings can testify that anyone at all can begin to do it. We can, and here's where, where, for me, the key is. We can further add that a beginning, even the smallest, is all that is needed. Once we have placed the key of willingness in the lock and have the door ever so slightly open, we can find that we can always open it with some more. Though self-will may slam it shut again, as it frequently does, it will always respond the moment we begin to pick up the key of willingness. And uh, that, that's uh, the reference I like from the uh, 12 and 12. And then from the big book, the reference for this willingness is, on, is found in the spiritual appendices on page 568. And um, uh, it's a spiritual experience, I believe that is. Yeah. And it says, most emphatically, wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. 
uh, willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness. Um, so I thought for me, um, starting out, I think a good place for me to start about what willingness means to progressive victory to me um, is start when I came into this fellowship um, in 2001. Uh, you know, my story's not different than anybody else. You know, I, I'm like, you know, I guess... Some groups talk about their forms of acting out, and mine were, uh, you know, pornography, masturbation, prostitution, uh, solicitation of prostitution, I mean, um, you know, affairs, emotional and physical. Um, uh, uh, so I, I ran the gamut, um, and I, I came, uh, uh, my willingness to come to SA, I, I had gone on a trip. And I'd been doing. I'm married, and I'd gone on a trip to, to to work for six months. And I, I was in uh, Texas, and I went down there with the attitude that I was going to get. I had I had my Bible in hand. I I didn't come in here with a lack of faith. I went down there with an attitude that I, me and God. I knew something was wrong at that time. All the you know things I did at that point had culminated. I went down there thinking I'm going to get close to God. Me and God are going to figure out what's going on because I knew something was up. I I was on a um, a, a, a binge of not acting out physically, um, and then I, I ended up getting close to somebody I was working with down there, you know, on the hotel, and uh, I became suicidal. And su- suicide is pretty serious for me. Uh, I attempted it one time when I was 17, so uh, um, I uh, I came back and I was just real depressed. And this was right after September 11th. And uh, I, I was real depressed, and my wife knew something was wrong. She didn't know what was going on with this in Texas. I was scheduled to fly out to Texas to go back to this job site to do a follow-up, and I, I kind of created the whole need to go, of course. Um, and the day I was scheduled to go back was September 11th of 2001. Um, so my flight wasn't until 1 o'clock, so they had shut down everything down by that time. Uh, for the next couple of weeks, uh, slowly but surely, I think my ability to hide what I was doing, um, uh, it just diminished. It's just like I filled up, you know. And my wife said, something's wrong. What's wrong? There's somebody else in there. And she said, God wants you to, she, we were on the phone. And I was at work. And she said, God wants you to get it out. And I, and I began to tell her what was going on. And um, uh, I uh, I became Again, suicide, I was thinking about running my car into something or something like that, which is what I did before, actually. Um, I, I voluntarily agreed. I knew, I knew I needed some help, and I was starting to become willing. Okay, I, I, I knew I needed some help. They said either you voluntarily go to a hospital or we're going to call the police, and you know they tend to do that. Um, and so I ended up, up in Madison in a, in a hospital, uh, in a psychiatric ward. They first put me in the dual diagnosis. Then they didn't know what to do with me because I had actually kind of quit drinking. I'm an alcoholic too, but I'd quit drinking. And, and really, when I quit, I was only able to quit drinking because I had a, another addiction that could satisfy what I need. And it went through the roof after. I had been not drinking for like six, seven years by the time I got here. And I, I actually took a few drinks during this whole culmination of this uh, thing in Texas. And... Uh, they put me in dual diagnosis. I said, you know, my problem's pornography, sex. You know, I can't stop. And they, they, then they put me in the psych ward, which I was just like, oh my gosh, I have, I am way out of Kansas now. And uh, 
you know, I'm standing there at the intake and somebody's behind me cutting themselves, you know, and they're just as sick as I am. But to me, that was, I, was, I thought I was in the twilight zone, you know. But somebody in there gave me a copy of the white book because um, I started telling my story, what was going on. That's the first time I became willing to tell other people that I was, I had a problem with pornography and, and uh, you know, I assumed that the affairs rolled into that. But so I began to, 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 to open up and, and I uh, called the hotline from there, uh, uh, from the hospital. And uh, in October of 2001, I walked into my first essay meeting. Having been released from the hospital at 9 o'clock, I came into the Blue Portable, which I still call it the Blue Portable, uh, at, not, at 12 o'clock that day and sat in a room with 30 other guys and who did a uh, first step meeting, I mean a newcomer's meeting for me. And the relief I felt to find out that there were other people that were thinking like me that were doing the same things that I do, that couldn't stop, that I was not alone, was it, the, tr- the tremendous relief I could not imagine. That, that The Blue Portable was only about two miles from where I worked on 8th Avenue, too, which was really cool. So, um, so uh, you know, what happened to me is, you know, at that time, kind of a step one willingness, if you will. Um, uh, the big book, page 8, uh, talks about that uh, in Bill's story. It says, No words can tell of the loneliness and despair I found in that bitter morass of self-pity. Quicksand stretched around me in all directions. I had met my match. I had been overwhelmed. Lust was my master. And uh, I knew lust was my master at that time. Uh, I I knew that I could not stop. Stay stopped. I stopped a thousand times. It was restarting that really was my problem. Um, so I came into SA, you know, wanting to stop acting out, wanting to stop hurting the people around me, my wife and kids and, and, and whatnot. And, uh, and so, you know, there was a, a branch of willingness that, that happened there. And now what happened when I, uh, I got here, you know, um, my willingness only went so far. <laughs> you know, I stayed physically sober for a little while just from the sheer relief. I went to a lot of meetings. I was able to go to the noon meeting every day, and then I would go to an AA meeting. I started going back to AA because I'd been introduced to AA when I was 17. Long story, but uh, I got, you know, I was getting in a lot of trouble for drinking when I was in high school. And uh, so I'd been introduced to AA. I was familiar with the 12 steps, you know. And uh, I, I even thought they looked okay, except for the few of them that looked like they wanted to punish me. Um, and so um, for the first four years, I, I had two sponsors. Um, I, uh, I reluctantly wrote a first step and did a first step down there with my first sponsor. My spon- my, both the first sponsors told me to, you know, call them, you know, every once in a while or just call them. They didn't say anything specific. And so uh, you can, in the first four years of my time in essay, you can count on two hands the amount of times I called my sponsor. Um, but I did a first step, let's just say that. And, and I went to a lot of meetings, and there was a lot of freedom in beginning to talk about what was going on in me. But I spent a lot of time on the, in the problem. Um, so they were sponsors, but sponsors in name only, you know. Um, uh, during that first four years, uh, I, I sat in the meetings, I, I listened, and, and they're really in Mur- I'm, I'm from Murfreesboro. And we've uh, we at that time when I came in there was one meeting on a schedule that didn't meet but 
I don't even know if it met when I first came in, but so all my meetings, my essay meetings were in Nashville, and it worked good because I was right there. Um, uh, you know, Murfreesboro began to grow a little bit, and uh, we got a lot more people. And we had some guys that were able to get some some places to meet, and uh, me and some other guys and uh, um, began to meet. And there was there was only one guy that had any, well, maybe two, uh, but only one or two guys that had any length of sobriety. They were down here a lot, but um, we began building, uh, you know, a group of guys who most of us weren't staying sober, but we were. We were showing up to meetings, you know, and we were willing to do that. Um, what I heard, and and I don't know, I'm not sure that's what was being said, but what I heard in the meetings and what I, what what I what registered in my head was, you know, hey, you know, we got to put these blocks up, you know, I need to, you know, take precautions and put internet blocks and 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 um, you know, uh, what I heard, I didn't hear. Uh, what the problem was, I, well, I mean, I knew what I heard was that lust was my problem, and uh, that I had to combat lust. That's what I heard. That's not. I'm not saying that's what was being said, uh, but I tried uh, during the first four years. I had very little sobriety. I'd go to a meeting, then I, you know, I ended up doing things that I'd never done before. Before I got to SA, you know, I bought videos. I'd never paid for anything until I got to SA. I uh, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I uh, I had Dish Network, and you could order porn off my Dish, you know. And this is the insanity of it. I, I um, you know, I would I had an essay guy come over and put a block on my Dish, you know, because uh, I would order them, and my wife's going to know I got them, you know. I, I I figured a way to get it get around some of her finding out, but if she hit on the menu, she could see that I ordered them. They just never got billed because of some things I did. Uh, but um, so I'd end up ordering them, and then I'd take the dish and go take it down to the, the dish box and take it to the garage and run a, ha- nail, uh, a screwdriver for it so I could send it off to the company, tell them lightning struck it, and uh, get them to send me a new one. You know, um, The problem was I was still thirsty, and if I'm thirsty, I'm going to do anything I can to get lust because if that switch goes off, I'm in trouble. So how do I get progressive victory over that? Because that's the, you know, knowing my wife's going to see it, I'm pressing the button. Knowing she's going to find it, I still press a button. That's insanity. Insanity sending, you know, destroying the dish and sending it off, you know. So, you know, that's just a a few of the little things. You know, some of the, there was no of the, you know, the grievous things where I was actually going outside of marriage to find, you know, help. I kind of stopped the prostitution and all that. That was, you know, I just, you know, kind of went, uh, went back to the kind of masturbation and complete isolation of those type of activities. I had very little, little victory over lust during my first, you know, uh, four years. Um, what changed, uh, um, you know, after those four years, I was, sitting there with my wife uh, one day, and she had just caught me again ordering another movie off the dish. And, uh, and you know, I had gotten into this cycle of, uh, you know, ha- slipping about once a month, you know. And that's kind of the way I drank, too. I was a binge drinker. I could not drink for a long time, and then I'd drink till I couldn't, you know, till it just couldn't. And that's the way I kind of acted out in the end. I would hold off as long as I could, and then I'd act out, you know, I'd explode into 
uh, uh, acting out in order movies or whatever I was doing, and uh, uh, not calling sponsors, not doing a lot of the things that were suggested. And she said, you know, look, if you just act out, masturbate once a month, I can handle that. I'm, I can, I could live with and watch porn. I could live with that. That's how broken down she was, you know. And I knew, I knew that would not work for me. I absolutely knew that I could not stay there and not go back to the other half. I had been kind of beaten into that kind of state of reasonableness. Um, I had gone back to that page of uh, page eight that that quicksand surrounded me. And so um, the, the morass of self-pity, I had been overwhelmed again. In SA, I had been overwhelmed by lust. Um, I had realized that I was powerless. On tw- the 12 and 12, um, page 21, let's see here. I don't even know what I got marked here. I, 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 I took notes because they said an hour and 15 minutes. I thought, man, I can't talk for an hour and 15 minutes. And... I'm sure some of the guys from my homework group would might disagree with that. But uh, uh, step O. Oh. But upon entering A, we soon took quite another view of this absolute humiliation. We perceive that only through utter defeat are we able to take our first steps towards liberation and strength. Our admissions of personal powerlessness finally turn out to be a firm bedrock upon which we, which happy and purposeful lives may be built. I had been utterly defeated again by lust in essay. Um, and it wasn't because of my sponsors. It wasn't because of the people in the rooms. It wasn't because of the message in the rooms. It was because of me because I was unwilling. I was unwilling to admit the first part of step one that I was powerless over lust. I was unwilling to do anything, very little of anything else. Um, after four years essay, I, I, I became willing um, as I, I kind of quoted this, uh, uh, page 48 of the big book, and it says, uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, middle of the top paragraph says, faced with sexaholic destruction, we soon became as open-minded on spiritual matters as we tried to be on others. In this respect, I'm going to change the words, uh, lust was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. Sometimes this was a tedious process. We hope no one else will be prejudiced as long as some of us were. I was prejudiced, even though it wasn't a, an outward you know, expression, in, in my heart and in my spirit, I was prejudiced about listening to anything anybody else said, you know. I was prejudiced about, you know, following directions. I, I, was, I was prejudiced about taking surrender. I thought I had to throw this thing up against the wall, and me, God, and you guys were going to battle it. And that's not, it wasn't working for me. So I was having no progressive victory over lust my first four years. But I, I hit that spot. And right at the right time, the you know, lust was like the, the meat tenderizer on me. It, it had beaten me. And uh, I had become willing. And uh, uh, page 57 of the big book talks about circumstances made him willing to believe. And I finally had enough circumstances that made me willing to believe um, that, that, you know, maybe there was recovery for me. Because I saw guys that had it, but I, I just... I was not hearing or not willing to follow what they said. And right at that time, I had a sponsor um, that I called, like I told you, called maybe four times in my whole couple years with him. 
somebody walked in into the rooms of Murfreesboro, um, uh, a group of guys, and uh, it was an outreach program from Nashville. You know, I had kind of gone, I had, mo I had uh, my job had moved to Murfreesboro. I started my own business, left my dad, which, never mind, that's, it, was, it was the beginning of several things happened that began to help, help me surrender. Um, uh, and these guys walked in. There was one guy in particular um, that something, they started, I started hearing a message that I hadn't heard before. And I, I, like I said, I'd not say, there were very few of us who were sober down there. So, and uh, uh, there was a couple guys, but, um, you know, they can't be at every meeting either. Uh, so this, they walk in as an outreach. And in the very first meeting I'm there, and they walk in, I went to a lot of them then, thank goodness. You know, I saw something in him. You know, I saw and I heard progressive victory over lust. I heard progressive victory over lust. And uh, there's a saying somebody says, when the student is ready, the teachers will appear. Uh, I believe I, through the whole tenderizing process of lust, I, was, I had come to a place where I was ready to hear something. When I was ready to, to, to follow some instructions where I was willing to surrender my will in my life. Um, and I'm a guy who came from a faith background, you know, and I thought I'd surrendered my will in my life. Really, I just came to believe, but I have to be willing to surrender my will in my life. Um, I had been, I had become hopeless enough to finally be willing to follow directions of another who had gone that way before. And, and that willingness had been heightened by that pain uh, of lust and its consequences. Uh, the, these guys walked in, they had a clear message. Um, who, and, um, and a few weeks after, uh, a few weeks before he walked in, I was struggling and my current sponsor, he said something to me that I, I, I hope I remember to say to all my sponsees as I take them on now, that if, if, you, if, if at any time you feel it, maybe I'm not the guy for you. I was slipping and stuff. He said, maybe I'm not the guy for you. And I don't think the sponsor has anything to do with sobriety. I really don't. Very little. Um, but the freedom that gave me for when that guy, that, that, that gift that my sponsor gave to me is one of the greatest gifts I've ever had because I was so terrified and, you know, fearful of what people thought of me at the time that I would not ask somebody else and say, hey, I've asked somebody else. That's how scared I was. And, um, and this guy walked in two weeks later. And about two weeks after this, these, I started calling this guy. He walked in and, um, and I asked him to be my sponsor and he told me to thank my old old sponsor, which I did, and so I began a journey. And and um, and that 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 willingness. And I hope when I I take on sponsees, I I think I forget get it sometimes now. But if you ever figure I'm not the guy for you, just let me know. And and if I get mad, you know you've made the right decision. You know. Um, so I try to live by that. Um, this this guy told me I was too sick to have progressive victory over lust on the fellowship of SA alone. That I would need the program. And he began to define the program for me. I wanted what he, 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 you know, I had come to want what I saw in him. I had, and he told me I had to be willing to go to any length, page 58 of the big book, to get it. And I had become willing. Um, uh, I defined the program in the big book. There's several places where the big book seems to define the program as the 12 steps, page 59, here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. And so uh, he said I would have to do the steps too. And I had been unwilling at, uh, at that time, although I talked a good game 
and I knew the steps backwards and forwards in my brain, the, 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 um, the, the, the bullet point steps. That's not the long step. That's just the summary. Those 1 through 12 is a summary of what the first 164 pages of this book do. And so he began talking about these steps and what they do and how to get progressive victory over lust. First thing he said is the steps, you know, progressive victory is not what we're going to seek. You know, you know, what I was seeking was I wanted all the promises of the program to come true without actually working the program. You know, he said, uh, he said, essay is a fellowship. The program is the 12 steps, you know. And so the, pro- the steps promise one thing. Step 12 has the promise in it. Um, and uh, let's see. Step 12 is having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to sexologists and practitioners. The steps promise one thing, a spiritual awakening. And for me, what he began to tell me is that the spiritual awakening is the part that I needed to get progressive victory over lust. I didn't seek progressive victory over lust. I consciously, I mean, I, I take some actions. I'll, I'll talk about them later. I seek a spiritual awakening and the need for the lust it diminishes because he told me the lust was not my problem. I thought it was my problem. I thought, well, I, when I first came in, I thought sexual acting out and all the things I did was my problem. You guys began to tell me, I did hear that message, that lust was not my problem. It is my solution. Um, the big book and the white book both very much agree with that. Page 64 of the big book says, um, uh, oh, 62, I don't know. 62, top of the page, our, our lust or liquor was, liquor or lust was but a symptom. We had to get down to causes and conditions. And the big book, I mean the white book, page 161, in the, in the uh, this is in the, uh, what's commonly referred to as the 18-wheeler. My sponsor has never assigned me to, to work out of the 18-wheeler. I've talked to guys. It's just not what I worked out of, but it's, 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 it's the process I went through, though. It's the exact process. And it says, um, uh, under nine, go, it says, I discovered to my utter amazement that lust was not the root of my problem at all. It was just another symptom of my underlying spiritual illness, disease attitudes. Lust was just one more manifestation of this huge negative force within me that had to go bust. That had to go bust out any way it could. Okay. As soon as lust started to go, resentment started taking its place, then fear, then judgment. Um, so the white book and the blue book both agree that lust is not my problem. So if I'm to get progressive victory over it, what, am I, what do I have to do? Well, my sponsor told me the root of your problem is selfishness, self-centeredness, page 62. Um, he began to tell me that selfishness, self-centeredness, that was the root of our troubles, the good news. That's the good news, you know, that the selfishness, self-centeredness, it's not out something outside of me. It, it's 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 within me. Um, it's not the porn industry. It's not the prostitutes on the street. You know, it's selfishness, self-centeredness, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows, and they retaliate. Some sometimes, uh, and they, sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation. Um, This, this driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, self-pity. You know, I began to see that this kind of self-centered thinking, it's driving me. And uh, one, I heard one guy one time describe it as a long, a long black limousine pulls up in the morning 
and the driver gets out and it's fear and it's resentment and it's self-pity and, and all these negative attitudes and emotions and the driver gets out and says hop in I'm going to drive your butt around all day uh, I use a different word sometimes but uh, and so what I was doing on a daily basis was getting into a long limousine of fear, resentment, lust. Because White Book said that's just another manifestation like that. Those, those things are laid out. And those things were driving me around. My feelings were driving me around. My feelings, I've come to believe, are very important. But they are not supposed to be my chauffeur for the day. You know? They are supposed to be barometers that tell me when things are going wrong. So, you know, they're, they're just supposed to be the, the warning lights on the, on the panel of the car, not the car itself and the driver. So, um, uh, it's, you know, I, I, he began to te- talk about not controlling the environment around me. He never assigned a, a block, an Internet block. I'm not, I don't, I'm not discounting that. If that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do. I don't have any right now because what I had to do, he told me, you're going to have to get unthirsty. You're going to have to get unthirsty because when you're thirsty, you'll do anything, obviously, <laughs> based on what I was doing. Um, and I just gave you one example of what I was doing and sending those things off. Um, I, uh, so it's not about controlling the environment around me. It's, 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 it's surrendering the environment within me to a power greater than myself. Um, he also explained that willingness, this key to progressive victory, to this progressive victory over thirst really uh willingness is the key and he said willingness is not doing something because you want to willingness is doing it whether you want to or not and that to me was a total different concept (laughs) you know i'd been in the military i'd been entertained i did a lot of things in my life that i didn't want to do and other people told me to do uh only when i was required to well i had met the point where i need i was required to if i wanted to get out of this so um, he told me willingness was taking that action whether I felt like it or not. So because I'd been tenderized so much, I began taking, uh, taking some actions that he was prescribing. Um, uh, there's a, I love this, this uh, page in the big book, page 12. You know, Bill's sitting across from uh, a guy named Ebby who's come to give him a message. And he saw that same something in that guy's eyes that I saw in, in, in my current sponsor, who's been my sponsor since then. I saw it in his eyes. In page 12, it says, It was only a matter of willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required to make my beginning. I saw that growth, that growth could start from that point. Upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. Would I have it? Of course I would. You know, and I, I wanted it. You know, for the first time, I wanted it. I was willing to go despite how I felt to any length, despite how I felt and the cool thing is he promised uh, in page 13 and 14 um, of the big book, uh, this guy promises to Bill, and this is the same thing my sponsor did, that my friend promised that when these things were done, I would enter on these things, I, I would assume is the 12 steps, are done. I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator, that I would have the elements of a way of living, which answered all my problems, all my problems, not just lust. Belief in the power of God, plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility. Willingness again. I mean, when I started looking at this willingness, and it just popped in my head. I mean, it's probably on every darn page of the book, as far as I can tell. I never saw it before. I mean, it's kind of coming out to me these last few weeks. I've been kind of looking over it, you know, as it popped out as a subject for me. Uh, 
but the, uh, enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things, establish steps one through nine. That's establishing. Maintaining is 10, 11, 12 for me. The new order of things. And uh, the big book, the new order of things also could be called a design for living that works, where the big book calls it a design for living that works. He gave me a design for living, not a design for not lusting, a design for living. And when I learn how to live, the lust just isn't there. You know, simple but not, uh, where the, they were essential requirements. So those steps are an essential requirement to my progressive victory over lust. 1 through 9, 10, 11, 12. Um, it goes on to say simple but not easy. It's a simple thing. It's not that difficult. I'm thankfully, because I've found out in this fellowship, I'm a lot simpler than I thought I was. Uh, that's probably why I stick with one book, because I'm just, I'm just too complicated to jump from one book to another too much. I mean, I'm not complicated enough. I used to think I was different. Uh, a price had to be paid. It meant, it meant destruction of self-centeredness, the, the root of my problem, right? I must turn in all things to the Father of light who presides over. So not just lust, not, not just lust. Not just sexual acting out, all things. And it's when I became willing to do those things that, 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 that those defects of character just slowly diminished, uh, began diminishing, and are still diminishing to this day, by the way, because they have not, or I have not arrived. Um, we began working the steps, and as you if, you, if you look at the steps, the steps are all about a willingness, you know. Step one, willing to believe, right? Step two, willing to turn. My will and my life over the care of God. Step four, willing to face and be rid of the things that block me. Step four, fearless and ser- searching and fearless moral inventory. Step six uh, and seven, willing to have God remove these defects of character. Um, eight and nine, willing to make a list and to make amends. Two different prospects there. Uh, ten, willing to continue. First word of step, the short form of step ten is continue. Uh, that's why I'm still here. Uh, you know, I, I have to continue. Um, willing to improve, step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand Him. Step 12, having had this spiritual waking, I'm willing to practice these principles in all my affairs or doings today. We, we, affairs doesn't work too good for SA. Uh, um, and willingness to help others. That's why I'm here today. You know, um, I've had a lot of uh, breakthroughs uh, in my in my emotional sobriety because, you know, what I first wanted was just physical sobriety, and what I have found to the to the I mean, just to the the joy of my heart is that there's a thing called emotional sobriety. You know, and um, uh, but um, I, I'm probably off key because I tried to put it in some kind of order, but the personal stories in the back of the book. Um, you know, all this to establish a relationship with the God of my understanding. That's all my willingness is to establish that, that relationship with the God of my understanding. And when I do that, when I get the kind of relationship that they're describing here by practicing these principles, I just don't, I'm just not thirsty anymore. It doesn't mean temptation's not coming. I'll talk about that a little bit more, but it means that I've got, uh, I, I've been connected with the one who has the power when these things come up. Um, so page 29 of the big book, it says, uh, 
I love the per, you know the personal stories are really good. I know it's you know I don't have a problem switching the alcohol from the you know our our language, and some people do, and that's okay. Um, oops, thirty nine. 29, each, each individual in the, page 29, each individual in the personal story describes in, in his own language, from his own point of view, the way he established relationship with God. Uh, these give a fair cross-section of our membership and a clear-cut idea, idea of what has actually happened in their lives, which is what we do is experience strength and hope, what actually happened. But established his relationship with God, you know. So, uh, what I have found, the solution, the solution to progressive victory over lust is God, period. My relationship with God and my, my willingness to continue seeking that, which is step 10 kind of. Um, uh, I've had, like I said, I've had many ex- of these spiritual uh, experiences before I got into fellowship. You know, I've done, been dipped and dunked and all kinds of stuff, you know. And, uh, and and I meant every bit of what I did, but why did I keep, you know, I, you know after that happened, I, I went and got a prostitute the week after. You know, I thought I was cured one day, and a week later I'm out doing, you know, doing the very thing. I was baffled, cunning, baffling, right? Um, and then uh, Bill even kind of alludes to that on page 12 and 13 in his story. He says, the real significance of of my experience in the cathedral burst upon me for a brief moment I had needed and wanted God. He's in West, he's in, um, I forget which cathedral it is. He's gone over to Europe to, to serve in World War One. So he needed God, he's going to war, and he wanted God. And he had this kind of moving experience, you know, kind of those uh, warm feelings. Uh, there had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. But soon the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly within myself, which is the good news. And so it had ever been how blind I had been. This is when this guy is sitting across the table from him shouting these good tidings to him about a solution, um, that it was God. You know, that's what the guy came. I found religion is what he said. And Bill said, oh, God, he's lost it now, you know. Um, But, uh, you know... um, uh, it was, you know, the big book talks about uh, the, the, somebody thought that faith and dependence on God was somewhat weak. I didn't think faith was, uh, was faith in God was weak. I thought dependence on God was weak by my actions. And so I came in here and I had a faith, but I had no dependence. Um, so I had, you know, going through step three, make that decision to become dependent on God if I work steps four through nine, I am being dependent on God to take care of me because that stuff looks like it's there to punish me, right? And uh, what it does is give me relief. And it gives me relief that when the temptation of lust comes, not if, because it's coming and it has come, that, that, uh, that I might recoil from it like a hot flame. So my progressive victory has, has been progressive. I, I, I'm, uh, you know, a hot flame, you know, feels kind of warm when you're getting a little close to it. You know, it's only when you get real close that you recoil from it, right? Because some of us build fires to get warm. So, you know, so uh, prog- my sponsor has been gracious enough to allow me to have progressive victory, not perfect victory over lust. It was, uh, it was mess. you know, when I started working and we started working the steps, I was I was in the fourth step before I actually acted out the last time on December tenth, two thousand five. Um, uh, I was in the step. He he knew, and I do, you know, based on my experience of sponsoring guys, that there's something that happens in that process, 
and there's, I'm going to read another quote about that later. There's something that happens in that process, and it's different for different people. You know, for me, I had a, a spiritual, Bill had it in the hospital, you know. Um, he tumbled out on the floor and, and uh, you know, hit his knees, and he had this overwhelming God experience. But even Bill says, I had, you know, I would go into, he, he, in his story, he later talks about that he was uh, plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment, depression, you know. And he would go into a hospital to help somebody, and he'd be amazingly lifted up when he came out. So, uh, you know, I had these, uh, I've had spiritual experiences. I've had them in the program. I had them, you know, uh, um, and similar to Bill's, it was my willingness to be, of, to be here, to show up. You can't pretend to show up. It was my willingness to be of help to other guys. I start working these steps with my sponsor, and I start getting some freedom. And then I had this, uh, I, uh, I had a slip on December 10th. But I was getting some freedom. I got about a month after that slip, and I was in step four, and I was doing these prayers for the people on my list. I had a list of the way we do it. We had a list of, I had 200-something people, um, and I started praying for me and for them that uh, God would remove my resentments because this is not a self-help program. This is a God-help program. And so I started because I couldn't get resentment. I had some deep resentments. I had... I was down to 40 guys, and I had gotten a lot of relief. I, I literally was feeling lighter walking around. And I would literally tear up from the emotional freedom I was beginning to get by working these steps. And uh, I had this slip, and about a month later, I'm in the meetings, and I've, I've, I've got three sponsees. Nobody asked me to sponsor them in the first four years of my tenure in this fellowship. Uh, I start working these steps and, and became willing and... I had people asking me left and right, and I had three, and my sponsor had told me, don't agree to another one because we didn't know, you know, if I, if, if I needed to. Uh, I went to a Thursday night meeting, and one of my guys I know I've been around for years, a um, friend of mine, he said, will you sponsor me? I said, well, I'm going to follow those instructions like I have not done most of my life and call my sponsor and ask him. I called my sponsor, and uh, he said, um, he said, well, how do you feel? And I said, I don't understand how I could not give this away what's happening to me. And so um, I, uh, I called a guy back then. This was, you know, just a few minutes. And I said, yeah, I, I'm willing to sponsor you, willing. And, uh, I, and I went home that night and I had this list. And it wasn't, I, I had scheduled, I always schedule sessions to do step work because uh, I need, I, for, I'm kind of an undisciplined type guy because I'm going all over the page right now. But um, I had agreed to do that, and I got home, and I was sitting on the couch, and um, all it just the thought, and it was a little more emotional than that. But it said, "Pick up that, pick up those uh, names," and I had forty of them. And you know, you for me, you start at the top of the list, you work down, you keep going back until you get them all checked off. You're, you kind of don't feel the resentment towards them anymore. And uh, I had 40 left, and my dad was on the top one. He'd done some pretty terrible things. He'd be in prison for doing some of the things he did to me when I was a kid if I had a video recorder. Um, and uh, <laughs> the funny thing is I, I didn't. I, I was unwilling to let go of that. Res- I literally sat down, and something said, pick it up. And I was like, I don't want to pick it up because I know it's going to go away tonight, and I don't want it to, you know. And so I started from the back of the thing because I wanted him to be the last if it was going to happen, you know. And uh, I started, I had this long prayer um, that I had kind of written out and I, I memorized and God, you know, th- this is a sick person. How can I be helpful? God, save me from being angry. Um, uh, you know, 
and then I would pray for everything I want for myself to them. And I started praying, and all of a sudden, I just tried to say, God, give them freedom. And that's because that's what I wanted for myself. And I went, I went back, and, and I, I literally, uh, I don't think it's good for me to tell exactly what happened, but I felt the resentment leave. And I had a, I called my sponsor the next day. It was so overwhelming. And uh, I called him. He said, I said, something happened. He said, you got free, didn't you? How did he know I, 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 freedom was what I was using? I don't, I don't know how this stuff works. And so it was my willingness to help somebody that set me free from those resentments. Like Bill, though, if that if I had relied on that one spiritual experience, I think I would be already, you know, I'd still be acting out. Because worldly clamors, I have to be willing to 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 uh, continue. A uh, couple couple of the um, uh, pages that I really like about this page one twenty four one. I say my favorite. I, I everything I'm reading is favorite to me, but. Um, Page 124, Henry Ford once made a wise remark to the effect that experience is the thing of supreme value in life. That is true only if one is willing, dang word again, to turn the past into good account. We grow by our willingness to face and rectify errors and convert them into assets. The alcoholic's past thus becomes the principal asset of the family and frequently is almost the only one. Okay, there's all that willingness again to work the steps. I mean, that's what he just outlined, basically. Face and rectify and convert them into assets. That's working the steps. This painful past may be of infinite value to other families still struggling with their problem. We think each family or person which has been relieved owes something to those who have not. And when the occasion requires, each member of it should, should be only too willing to bring out former mistakes, no matter how grievous, out of their hiding places. Showing others who suffer how we were given help is the very thing which makes life seem so worthwhile to us now. Cling to the thought that in God's hands, the dark past is the greatest possession you have, the key to life and happiness for others. With it, you can avert death and misery for them. That's page 124. Um, and when I, when we, when we, I love to read those two when I have people come, when, when our group, excuse me, I'm the fellowship coordinator, so down there. So I, right now it's my job to ask people to come down there and, uh, and talk. So it's not me, but that's my favorite reading to have before somebody tells their story. Because that's what we're doing. We're bringing out of the grit. The worst things in our life become the very asset of my life. Um, so, uh, and then there's another part, page one, just a few pages away. Talks about this key, page uh 128 and 129, bottom of 128, top of 129. They're talking about dad's, you know, getting all weird with this spiritual stuff. You know, it's a family afterward. And it says, uh, he is not so as unbalanced. They they suspect dad's father is a bit balmy. Uh, He is not so unbalanced as they might think. Many of us have experienced dad elation. We have indulged in spiritual intoxication like a gaunt prospector, belt-drawn, End over the last ounce of food, our pick struck gold. Joy at our release from a lifetime of frustration knew no bounds. Father feels he has drunk something better than gold. For a time, he may try to hug the new treasure for, for himself. Kind of natural. You know, I just want to end up. That spiritual experience I had, I just wanted to experience it. Uh, he may not see it once. He has barely scratched a limitless load. And it has been limitless because there have been a lot of times over the last 10 years that I needed to go back. You know, I'm still swinging that pickaxe because I'm, I'm feeling gaunt. 
uh, a limitless law, which will pay dividends only. How about this? Only if he mines it for the rest of his life and insists on giving the entire away, giving away the entire product. So I must mine it every day for the rest of my life and insist on giving the product away, uh, which I hope we're doing a little bit here. Um, uh, and mining it is the step ten. Continue right uh, for me. So I had to be willing to mine it and do those things for the rest, you know. Without willingness there's, for me to do it, you know, is, there's none of this other stuff that's, that, that has come to me and none of this joy, joy at, uh, 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 you know, at release from a lifetime of frustration. Because what I found as I was working these steps, I found this, this the, the great thing is that the sex and lust is not my problem, that, that, the, the spiritual solution that you guys were giving me, that my sponsor was handing to me, would answer all my problems, every one of them. And it, it, it was a, truly a design for living that, that I think a lot of people get without having to go through what we go through, you know. But for us, for me, you know, I just needed, <laughs> I just had to have something for me to surrender my life because I was always taught to fight and get be tough, you know. I, I, one of the speakers I love talks about the John Wayne syndrome. You know, the real when the tough going gets tough, the tough get going. Real men pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Try that, by the way. That that's not real easy. Uh, and uh, you know, I, you know, I you know, never show, never cry, never let them see you cry. You know, and I and I think a lot of I know a lot of those things have changed. You know, you know, fear, resentment. Uh, you know, those things left me. But as I as I began stop practicing the 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 uh, uh, addiction, those things really popped up. And if I don't address them, I'm going back to the addiction. You know, I'm going back to acting out. So that's what the steps do, gave me relief. I began to see things differently, um, which the doctor describes as an entire psychic change. Um, you know, there's things we talk about in these rooms. The the, uh, the 18-wheeler talks about them. You know, there's... Um, uh, you know, going to meetings, making phone calls, um, whatever else is part, you know, part of the fellowship. Those things don't keep me sober as much as the willingness to do them does. You know, you heard I didn't have willingness to even do those. People say, you know, it's not the phone call that keeps me sober. It's the willingness to do it that keeps me sober. That's really the way I see it now. That's the entire psychic change for me. That's faith without works is, is quoted in, in the big book. Um, uh, it's it's my willingness to, to to take these actions despite how I feel about them that gave me that progressive victory, not over lust but over myself, you know, over selfishness, self-centeredness, and progressive victory is a result of that. Uh, my sponsor, you know, after I had my last slip, he said, "Okay, we're going to try something different. Why don't you put your socks on? How do you put your socks and shoes on?" He asked me. I said, "What the hell? Heck, does that have to do with anything?" And uh, and, and I didn't say that to him out loud because I was too scared to at the time until. Uh, so and he, I told him, and he said, well, let's, you know, I told him I put both socks on and both shoes on. And he said, okay, I want you to put one sock on and that foot, shoe on, and I want you to put the other sock on. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, absolute dumbest thing I heard in my life. But you know what? I did it for a little while. You know, I actually still do it sometimes. Uh uh, it was not the act of putting the stupid socks and shoes on a different way. It was my willingness to do it. 
the sponsor, when he walked in, the first thing he told me was to call him every day. I was so sick, I needed that specific of instruction. Call me every day. I can't miss, I can't, if you say call me, I can, I can do that three months later, right? So I had to get specific. And, and, and then he began, the book says that they've got specific, we'll tell you specifically what we have done. I needed specifics. I'm just, if you tell me what to do and, I'm, and I've gotten to the point I'm willing, then I'll do it. And that's how I found progressive victory over lust, um, making meetings. I consider all those things now acts of surrender, not, not obedience. You know, you can call it what you want. I call them acts of surrender. I call, a, I call a phone call a prayer. I call a meeting a prayer. I call what we're doing right now as a prayer. That's that entire psychic change of the way I look at things, you know. Um, a spiritual awakening, if you will, you know. I become the... It's not that I become Yoda and sit, although I can't wait for the new movie to come out. Uh, um, I was eight years old when the first one came out, so I'm just, I'm just, but I don't become a spiritual Yoda. I just become awake to spiritual things. And, and, uh, and, you know, that whole student was ready, a teacher will appear. Well, I had one teacher appear, but all my teachers were sitting right there. All the other guys were, you know, really, they appeared. They were already there. I just wasn't there to hear them yet. I hadn't been got to the willingness part of being able to hear what was happening. Now the new guy off the street, if I'm in the place of spiritual health, walks off the street, I can learn something from a guy who's just acted out three hours ago. You know, and that's being spiritually awake. Not judging other people for where they're at, you know. Uh, if God willing, if, if, I, uh, if I stay sober the rest of this day and in a little over 30 more days I'll have 10 years. All that matters to me is today, I promise you, that's really all that matters to me is the rest of this day. How do I live my day, this day, one day at a time, uh, and practice these principles in all my, you know, I'm, my wife's driving me over here because we got some things we have to do, and, uh, you know, we're, she's not in a good place right now, you know. Um, we get in an argument, you know, I used to, that a little argument over, you know, how to paint a baseboard could last three weeks, you know, when I first got in here. Now it lasts for the little argument, and then we move on. You know, that is, that is... I didn't know how to live that way. I really didn't. Um, you know, I've had, you know, because of the, you know, I, I was, I had post-traumatic stress from kind of my childhood, you know, not from the military. <laughs> uh, and uh, I found freedom from that in here, you know, in conjunction with some other stuff I was doing with, uh, with a, you know, a counselor. But the only, the biggest breakthroughs I've had in progressive victory over anything is when I was applying these steps and working whatever else, you know, the big book's very clear, seek out uh, other people who, who can help, doctors, psychiatrists, whatever. Uh, when I'm working the steps and actively engaged in this process, the, the, the amount of breakthroughs I have is just incredible. Um, uh, you, know, ma- you know, making amends, spiritual thing. Uh, you know, over the, the, these last 10 years, has, has it been per- Absolutely not. Um, uh, but uh, I can, you know, what my sponsor said is when it comes to lust, you have no choice. The only choice you have is to do the things that we suggest, to work these steps, to practice these principles. I can choose to take the actions and I, or I can uh, be at the mercy of lust when it comes because I have no choice at all. Um, the only choice I have is to uh, try to practice these principles um, page 85 of the big book kind of uh, <coughs> talks about that. Let's see. 
and this is uh, kind of at, at, at step 10, you know, kind of in between step 10 and step 11. And it says, because uh, there's really no, no, I don't think any difference. I, I believe this book is a book about prayer, you know. And um, it, is, it says it's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action. Action is willingness and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for lust is a subtle foe. We are not cured of sexaholism. What we have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will not, be, not mine be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our will power along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. I use will twice in the last. The proper use of the will is to seek God's will and not mine for today. Uh, the proper use of the will is to seek God through making phone calls. Seek God through coming to meetings. Seek God through doing reading and prayer and meditation. Seek God through, um, you know, uh, trying to be helpful to other people. Um, uh, uh, for me, that's, I can seek God in anything I do. And I take him everywhere. I, I try to take him everywhere I go. I certainly fail quite a bit at it. You know, in, in those 10 years, um, uh, you know, the, the, the initial obsession was gone. But, you know, the, the physical, um, I, to say that uh, when I say my sponsor allowed me to have progressive victory because, uh, you know, I had a couple of obsessions that popped up and uh, we have a, a, a brother in here that I called a lot. Uh, uh, actually, he was my sponsor that gave me the freedom uh, to ask the other sponsor, the other sponsor to, that walked in the doors, that, that, you know, was more like a drill instructor, which is what I needed at the time. Uh, um, I would call him. Uh, my my previous sponsor and I had an obsession that had fired up and this was three years into it you know I was plagued by waves of self pity and resentment the first two three years five years even um, uh, maybe even longer you know it was my recovery has been messy and I don't know anybody who hasn't but it mine's been messy um, you know um, you know the the obsession would, uh, an obsession it was more of an emotional thing it was more of a uh, desire to be lusted after. It wasn't wanting to be physical with anybody, but it popped up at about church of all places, and um, and I suffered from this thing for two years. You know, it was like year three that it started firing up. In two years, I'd call my sponsor, my my previous sponsor, and and I would be on my knees crying because it would not stop. The the mental obsession, the the thoughts were coming, and so fast. I just it was like a fire hose for a while. And, you know, it was very similar to, to the way I acted out. But, I, I, you know, I was and, and I even took a few orbiting actions. I didn't do stalking, but I did. Or, my sponsor called it orbiting. Um, and 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 then we start, you know, for and, and he, I, he got tired of it. He said, you're going to have to think about leaving church, the church. And I love my church. OK. Um, and I thought, man, there has got to, you know, and and, and this guy is uh, sitting in this room right now. He said, I can't wait to see what, when you find the solution. Um, he got, I, I know you're going to find it because what I did is I kept seeking and I kept doing the things you guys told me to do. I had all this stuff going on, but I kept taking the action. I didn't want to even, and I kept taking it. And, and you know, it came to me um, or, uh, you know, through talking to other guys, you know, I got so focused on not doing again. You know, not thinking, thinking this thought, not not. I was seeking progressive victory over lust by seeking progressive victory over lust. 
And I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's not what I'm... I, I, I need to get back, back focused on the solution. The solution was focused on God again, focused on prayers, focused on, uh, uh, um, on, on, on this um, freedom. Uh, uh, and, and what I've... My focus should be I seek God and He provides what I need. That's the third step promise. That's in the third step promises, page 63 of the big book. Uh, it says, we've just made this decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God. As we under- I did not think I could talk this long. Uh, mm-hmm. When we sincerely took a, such a position, and they're talking about the third step decision, made a decision to turn our will and our, will and our life over the care of God, uh, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer being all-powerful. He provides what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. I remembered that and said, I need to get close to God. How do I get close to God? I, I start working with other guys. I start seeking them. And then I remembered this prayer I heard on a CD because I surrounded myself. When I got my new sponsor, I, people started handing me CDs of people in recovery. I surrounded myself with recovery then. And I list, I've got some of the tapes I listen to 50 times because I drive around a lot in my job. And I just began surrounding myself. Well, I did it again. I began surrounding myself with the solution. Uh, and he ha- he's my new employer. I made a decision. He's my new employer because I'm a terrible employer of myself. And uh, he provides what I need. I didn't focus on achieving progressive victory over the thoughts that were coming. I, I progressively turned my will and my life over back to the care of God. I hadn't consciously done it. And, and really, if you follow me, I was still taking a lot of actions. But this was just a new level of surrender I needed. This emotional, of willing to surrender my emotional need to be liked or loved by another person or lusted after whatever was going on there. I don't even fully have to know. Um, uh, I, the, the guy I was listening to talked about saying a prayer for his, uh, his wife that he prayed to ask God to help him treasure his wife every day. And I began doing that and I did it for two years and I kept doing the things that we do in these rooms and, and working the steps and uh, I prayed for two, it took two years. I asked God to help me treasure my wife today. And then I added some things from my own faith. God helped me love my wife as God loves his church. And uh, I began praying. It took two years before things began to change. And I am not a guy who likes to wait around for stuff, you know. That's why we act out lust, right? You know, I want relief right here, right now. That's what lust does for me. If lust, you know, lust wasn't my problem, it was my solution. You know, and I thought it was my problem when I got here. It's, it was my solution. And the good thing is you guys had a better solution. You better give me a better solution than my lust because I need something very much more powerful that will satisfy. And this connection to this power greater than myself and constantly seeking that. God could and would if he were sought, it says, in pertinent idea uh, A after the 12 steps. Uh, pertinent C, excuse me, uh, per, after the listing of the 12 steps. My job is to be a seeker of God. That, that's it. That's being a seeker of God is progressive victory over lust. Um, uh, so it may. So so if God's the solution, and I'm taking that solution, progressive victory over lust. In the opposite of lust was my symptom. Progressive victory over lust is the symptom of my solution. It's the symptom of God as my solution. Progressive victory is. So. Um, uh, if progressive victory is a result of surrender, uh, and progressive victory is a, a result of uh, um, 
and manifestations of other parts of self, fear, resentment, those type of things, are the barometer of my spiritual condition, then my solution is always God. Um, uh, spiritual awakening is the promise of the 12 steps. Um, page 83 and 84. I can tell I'm beginning to shut down. Um, these are commonly referred to as the ninth step promises. Um, if we are painstaking about page 83, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of economic insecurity and people will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. I don't see anywhere where it says anything about lust in that. The only time lust is mentioned is in the first step. The steps are about establishing that relationship with the one who has the power. Um, I've, you know, I've, I've seen it, you know, I was talking a little bit earlier. I've seen it, you know, mine kind of happened in the, in the fourth step. And then I've, I've got guys who really, uh, if, if you read the stories, Dr. Bob didn't get sober until he did his ninth step. You know, he got, he, he got a good start and then he got drunk and he had to go operate that day. They gave him a couple of beers and sent him off to operate or a couple of drinks. And then he, they, he didn't come home and they were wondering where he went. Well, he went out and made a bunch of amends. He came home. He never had a drink again. So if guys are slipping during the process, I don't worry too much about it. I, I want you to try not to act out. Don't get me wrong. And I got all these prayers and wheels that we use. But to me, if someone is not working the steps and they're just using those, there's the, to me, you're not going to have the awakening you need for the progressive victory over lust. So the awakening is that result. Um, the spiritual awakening pros, promised is not the end of the process. It is the beginning. You know, that's why, like I said, I'm here and the guys that have been sober for 21 years are sitting in these rooms. It is the beginning of the process. And uh, um, uh, I love this one story. We get, uh, I'm going to kind of begin to close up. But um, there's a one story in the back of the big book, um, page 549, 550, and 551. And it's called Freedom from Bondage, conversely. Um, it was it was the prayers in the back of this story that I'm not going to go to them I don't think um, that w- that we kind of add to our prayer page 552 um, has the prayers I was praying freedom from bondage uh, when I had kind of an experience with the fourth step um, but on page 549 um, she uh, this is a story from a lady uh, I don't forget which edition it wasn't in the first edition but it came out later in uh, a couple of the other editions but this story has just been it, it, if you get a chance and you haven't read this before please read it it's a really good story at the bottom of that page it says the AA members who sponsor me told me in the beginning I would not only find a way to live without having a drink but that I would find a, live with, find a way to live without wanting a drink I have to want to not you know, I have to have it removed. Like the promises says, it has been removed. Uh, I cannot not lust based on my own power. I, it has to be removed from me. That's what the steps do. They remove that desire. It, 
uh, I, I had to live without wanting a drink if I would do these simple things. They said, if you want to know how this program works, take the first word of your question, how, H-O-W. H is for honesty. O is for open-mindedness. And the W is for willingness. W, I sound like George. Um, the, these, uh, our big book calls the essentials of recovery. You know, in, this, in the spiritual appendices, I, appendices, that's the essentials of recovery. They suggested that I study the AA book and try, try to take the 12 steps according to the explanation in the book. For it was their opinion that the, the application of these principles in our daily lives will get us sober and help keep us sober. It's the application of these things, not seeking victory over, over lust. The victory over lust comes by seeking these principles. Um, I believe this, and I believe, too, that this is as equally impossible to practice these principles to the best of our ability one day at a time. That's why I said today's all that matters. A day at a time and still drink, for I don't think the two things are compatible. You know, I get close to the power. Lust is, just doesn't exist when I'm, that, when I'm close to the power. Uh, um, so, uh, you know, for me, the honesty, open-mindedness, willingness, you know, open-mindedness, I just, I just don't shut my mind to what you guys are telling me, you know. I open it up. You know, I had severe, you know, certain ideas that I didn't even know might be holding me back. But um, I, I didn't get rid of my faith tradition or anything like that. It had done nothing but... Uh, um, uh, you know, strengthen what I came in here with and make it better, you know. Um, uh, page 552, and I, I'm kind of, she's uh, said this prayer, and and uh, she's talking about, um, you know, that she's done this work with this prayer, and this is what's happened for me. It worked for me then, and it has worked for me many times since, and it will work for me every time I am willing to work it. Sometimes I have to ask for the willingness. Uh, quite often I have to ask for the willingness to, to make an amends, to, to, to see if I might be wrong in my thinking, you know, to, to let go of a resentment I don't want to let go of, you know. Because um, uh, some of them really give me that power that lust does, you know. It gives me that juice, you know. Anything that changes the way I feel immediately is a drug to me. Uh, they, they, they're really little idols, little gods to me. You know, they're what give me relief. You know, you guys told me, no, you've actually got to get one that has power, not, not lust. Uh, if lust, uh, you know, kind of, if lust hadn't done so much for me, it never could have done so much to me. You know, I've heard that said, and that is the truth for me. It did so much for me. You better give me something that will do so much for me. And I believe connection with the, the power, the God of my understanding is, is that, is that uh, relief. Uh, it worked for me many times. It worked for me uh, every time I am willing to work it. And I have to ask first for the willingness, but it too always comes if I ask for it. And uh, because it works for me, it will work for all of us. As another great man says, the only real freedom a human being can ever know is doing what you ought to do because you want to. Um, and a lot of times I want to do this now, and that is great. Sometimes I don't want to go to meetings. I still go to meetings. I don't, ha- I don't have to go to as many as I used to. I really don't, and that's okay. You know, for first years, I had a certain set amount that I went for the first seven years, um, uh, and now I've, you know, backed off. I mean, you guys promised me restoration of sanity, and that's what's happened. 
and I can function in this life if I continue to do these things, and I do. So I, I, I cannot be sufficiently grateful enough for the life I've been given. And, and sobriety would have been selling myself. There's a part where it says this. The sobriety would have been selling myself short, big time. You've given me much better a life than sobriety. Sobriety, you know, everything good in my life now hinges from that sobriety, and I, I try to guard that. But, but, uh, but the the emotional sobriety is where where the lust just isn't desirable anymore. You know, and when the temptation comes, I have, I'm willing to take the tools. You know, the prayers, the phone calls, the, all of them are prayers. So I, I, I'm grateful that I was asked to come. I sure didn't think I could actually fill the time and. Uh, good thing I took notes. Uh, I, you know, one of the things is I had so much fear of public speaking before before you guys got a hold of me, and I had fear of public speaking. And then I had a fear of public speaking with notes. And look what this fellowship, this program, has done to, for me. It's a, it's a. I hope you won't miss it. I'm sure you'll not want to miss it. Is what the big book says. So thank you for letting me speak. <laughs>